Well, Martinsville surely didn't disappoint us. We have plenty to go over from Ty Gibbs taking out his teammate of a championship spot at Phoenix, and we will go over all the reaction from that incident. Also, we will discuss Ross Chastain's Hail Mary into turns three and four to lock himself into the Phoenix championship race, and Christopher Bell coming through for yet another walk-off win to go for his first championship, and it all gets discussed on this episode of Three Wide. Before we go on to the next topic, let me tell you about my sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. Now, Hunt to Harvest is a family-owned company that was founded by a veteran and a member of law enforcement and was birthed out of a desire to protect the hunt, to support the harvest of the animal instead of just the trophy, whether it be deer, turkey, or pheasant. And to those at Hunt to Harvest, hunting is about spending time with your loved ones, providing for your family through the harvest, and giving thanks to the one who created all things big and small. And you too can support this great company by going to hunttoharvest.com. And that's H-U-N-T-T-O-H-A-R-B-E-S-T.com where you can check their selection of short and long sleeve shirts that are true to fit after one wash and made out of 100% Peruvian cotton. And you can also go through their great selection of hats in the Richardson 112 style, which I believe is the best hat on the market today. Just be sure when you go to checkout to use the special discount code RADNEY18923. That's R-A-D-N-E-Y 18923 for a special discount at checkout. And also for any orders over $40, you get free shipping. So head on over to HuntToHarvest.com today to get all your special hunter apparel needs. So now on Saturday, we had a very controversial finish as Ty Gibbs gets the win after wrecking his soon-to-be teammate Brandon Jones on the last lap. But before we dive into all that, let's go over the top 10 real quick. You had Sheldon Creed come home in second with Riley Herbst in third. Noah Gregson finished in fourth with Justin Allgaier in fifth. Sam Mayer finished in sixth, followed by Nick Sanchez in seventh. Daniel Hemrick finished eighth, Austin Hill ninth, and Blaine Perkins rounded out the top 10. So as we're going into this final stretch of the race, Ty Gibbs, he was already locked into the championship race on points alone. He didn't need the race win to get to the Phoenix to race for the championship. Brandon Jones needed to win to be in the final four. And with nine laps to go, you had Ty Gibbs leading Brandon Jones second. Brandon bumps Ty going into turn one, just simple short track racing for the lead. Nothing dirty. Brandon just doing what he needed to do to get himself an opportunity to the lead. But after that incident, there were two more restarts. And Ty just seemed to get more and more aggressive with these restarts because Brandon was starting up at the front. And Ty was really kind of forcing the issues, get more aggressive with his car, including one where he made it three wide going into turn three. And that led to Sammy Smith, their other teammate, getting wrecked out of the race. But the big one was this overtime restart. Brandon Jones gets the lead. Looks like he is well on his way to, to lock himself in with a, you know, huge win and get into this final four. And Ty Gibbs just completely runs over him going into turn one after the white flag comes out. Brandon Jones goes straight into the wall. Caution flag comes out. That's it. The race is over. Ty Gibbs is the winner. And as far as incidents go, and there's been many in Ty's career, th this was the most disrespectful, I believe. Uh, I have I've seen Ty race over this past couple years from part-time last year, full-time this year. And just the way he carried himself after this race – he does this huge burnout on the front straightaway where he, you know, gets to the point where he just tears his tires all apart and gets out. You have the fans booing him and he's just egging them on. He's waving his hands, you know, just bring it on. 
but then his comments after the race to Claire B. Lang on Sirius XM. Claire asked him basically how he feels about the booze. How can he, how does he handle it? And Ty states that he goes back to the Bible verse. Jesus was hated first and among all the people. And I believe he's referencing John chapter 15, verse 18. That's the, the closest one I could find to that verse. And, you know, that immediately started fans on saying Ty was comparing himself to Jesus Christ. But it led me, being a Christian, I wanted to look into the Bible and look on, you know, for verses on humility. And there's plenty of them. There, There's one main thing the Bible teaches about, that is humility. And it led me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And those verses say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And if we take those verses and we put them into works, Saturday would not have happened. Ty did not show humility. He wrecked a teammate, taking that teammate out of a chance for a championship and effectively costed the team as a whole. Y'all could have went into Phoenix with two Joe Gibbs racing cars running for the championship where you have a 50% shot that somebody with JGR and Toyota logos on their car could have brought home a championship. Now, instead you got three junior motorsports cars versus one Joe Gibbs racing. That's not smart driving. And Saturday's race at Phoenix just got a whole lot more interesting because now how does Brandon Jones respond in his last race for, for Joe Gibbs? I, I don't believe you will see him retaliate in the sense of wrecking him, kind of like we saw with Matt Kenseth and Logano back in 2015 in Martinsville because Brandon's no longer in the playoffs. If he goes out there and wrecks Ty Gibbs, he's going to be the one to, to deal with the, the big penalty because Ty, he's going to go off to the Cup Series, run his full rookie season. Brandon Jones very well may be made to sit at the house for, for a couple races, and that's not the way he wants to start off his time with junior motorsports. However, I do think Brandon, if given the opportunity, he's going to race Ty Gibbs hard. He's not going to give him an inch. He he's he he's going to be aggressive. I think with Ty, I, he's in a tricky spot. I get it. And you you look everybody on social media from current drivers to members of the media for the sport have even said, "Well, Brandon Jones may go into that race, kind of a." his first race as a team member of junior motorsports, try and get them a championship win. I don't think they're going to need much help. I, I think the way these, those three drivers run at Phoenix, it's going to be hard to beat and they're not going to let Ty Gibbs get over on them. I, I think they are going in there motivated that one of their three drivers is going to walk away with that championship no matter what. But going back to Ty, looking at his history, this isn't the first time he's tangled with a teammate. He's tangled with Harrison Burton last year John Hunter Nemechek earlier this year at Richmond, and even Noah Gregson made a little tongue-in-cheek comment that, you know, talking about how Brandon Jones was in a tough spot driving the number 19 Ty Gibbs Racing, I mean Joe Gibbs Racing car. And with that and all these other incidents in Ty's short career, a big thing that's, you know, not really been discussed, but to keep an eye on, his competitors, his future competitors in the Cup Series, they're taking notes. 
they see his overaggressiveness. They see his inability to handle retaliation or being raced the same way he races. I mean, you look at Sam Mayer earlier this year at Martinsville. Sam didn't give an inch. He gave it just as good as he got it to Ty, and Ty went off the handle and went down there, you know, to fight Sam after the race. And this is all being watched by the cup drivers who are the top of the food chain in the NASCAR national series. They're going to exploit these things. And they're also going to have very little patience for Ty when it comes to 2023. You know, they're, they're not going to have time to get or any patience to, to be try to be bumped around by Ty. If he goes and tries to do that with a guy like Kevin Harvick or uh, Logano, Brad Keselowski, or even, I don't know, Denny Hamlin, it's not going to be very well received. And a guy like Harvard is going to be down there and let the kid know how things work in the cup series. But the big thing with Ty is, is the fact that he has yet to face any real repercussions for all these things he's done. He, because he hasn't faced any scrutiny or any repercussions, he's going to face more scrutiny than before. And rightfully so. I mean, you look back at the Texas race, where Ty Dillon comes out of his pit box and makes contact with Ty Gibbs, Ty, you know, gets mad and turns back on Ty Dillon and nearly sends Ty Dillon into another car with the pit crew standing right there working on it. What happened to Ty Gibbs after that race? Really nothing. He got a fine and a points penalty, a slap on the wrist, effectively, for for nothing. It was nothing. He got penalized. And... I mean, I was sitting here saying, if I was NASCAR, I'd tell him, yep, you're done racing in the Cup Series for this season. You have to send a message to this kid that this is not going to be tolerated because Joe Gibbs Racing doesn't seem like they're going to be doing a whole lot. And, you know, after the because after these incidents, it's the same old thing. You get the, I'm sorry, I will learn from this, blah, 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 blah. It and it's all just talk. It's there's been no works behind his words. And you have Joe Gibbs racing officials constantly saying after these incidents that we're going to handle this internally. We're disappointed with how this, you know, went. We're disappointed. Our, our te- you know, teammate got spun and wrecked by Ty. We're not okay with this, but nothing will change. These words are ringing hollow. But then you look on the flip side of this deal with Brandon Jones and Ty Gibbs. Look at AJ Allmendinger and Justin Allgaier. These guys are fighting for the last spot on points for the playoffs to get to that championship four if Brandon Jones doesn't win. And they beat and bang. They ran each other all over the track. Justin Allgaier gets in since Brandon Jones didn't win. And afterwards, AJ, he goes up to Justin after the race. They shake hands and move on. What they did was racing. How they handled it is an example young drivers need to follow. Not what Ty Gibbs has done you need to look at these two respective veterans. They left it all on the track. They shook on it, and they move on to the next race. So it's going to be fun to watch and see how this championship race for this Xfinity Series shakes out. I don't see Ty Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing bringing home a championship. I don't think Junior Motorsports is is going to allow it. Their junior, I'm sure, is is telling these guys, I don't care who gets it. Somebody better be bringing home this championship instead of him. And we'll see how it all shakes out come Saturday night. So after all that excitement on Saturday with the Xfinity race, we went into Sunday at the cup race and it kind of felt like, is this going to be kind of a downer compared to all that we excitement and the controversy we had from the Xfinity race? 
And I'll tell you what, it started off that way, but it sure didn't end that way. It was a very exciting finish in the Cup Series race. This is the final race before the championship, and Christopher Bell gets another walk-off win to advance to the championship four. Meanwhile, you had Ross Chastain throw a huge Hail Mary, putting it in fifth gear going into the final corner to ride against the wall all of turn three and four, get enough points to advance to the final four himself. And before we get into all that, the top 10 behind them, you had Kyle Larson second, Ryan Blaney in third, Ross Chastain finished in fourth with Denny Hamlin fifth, Joey Logano finished sixth, William Byron seventh, Bubba Wallace finished eighth with Chase Briscoe in ninth, and Chase Elliott rounded out the top 10. And while the race was so-so for most of the race, kind of like your typical playoff Martinsville races have been, it really got exciting in the final 50 laps. They were fun to watch. You had a, a caution around that time with, Briscoe winding up staying out to try and get that win as well and get himself into that championship at race at Phoenix. And he was able to hang on to the lead for quite a while until five laps to go when Christopher Bell was able to get around him. And with that battle going on for these drivers trying to settle it between themselves, you had Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain battling for the final spot on points. And really with just a few points separating them, it was ranging from four points to two points for most of this final run of the race. And they, they, when they were around each other, they were beating and banging, nothing dirty, kind of like A.J. Allmendinger and Justin Allgaard the day before. They kept it clean. But on the last lap, we had Ross Chastain needing two more points to get in. He puts that thing in fifth gear and rode the wall going from 10th to 5th on the last lap and add his name to the championship four. Now with Brad Keselowski's disqualification, he wound up finishing in fourth. But he gained enough either way to set himself up for a championship run at Phoenix. And to me, this was one of the greatest moves I've ever seen, especially in the playoff era. And even though I think that and many others did, you had, you know, you had your detractors from it. Most notably was Kyle Larson, who after the race said he wasn't a fan of it, uh, said it's not a good look for our sport, and he thinks it's embarrassing. And mentions in his interview, because if you remember last year at Darlington, he pulled the same move to try and get by Denny Hamlin on the last lap at Darlington, and it didn't work. He called his own move embarrassing. But I still find it very hypocritical when Larson has done this a few times in his career, most notably last season at the Southern 500. And if I went back and watched this post-race interview from Darlington last year, and in that interview, he's laughing. He's like, you know... I decided, you know, to try and wall ride just to see what would happen. It's embarrassing because it worked for Ross and not for you. I, I feel like this was a pretty poor comment from Kyle Larson. I mean, Larson's one of the more talented drivers out there on the track. He's an exciting driver to watch, just like Ross Chastain. Ross just made it work, plain and simple. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand why Larson was so anti this move, I guess. But you also had fans and some drivers after the race saying there needs to be a rule and that, you know, that move required zero skill. When if Dale Earnhardt Sr. or Dale Earnhardt Jr. had made that very same move, everyone would be losing their mind in the crowd, at home, on Twitter, yelling, you know, raise hell, praise Dale. They, they'd lose it. But... Fans are and fans are always clamoring for that blue collar driver, that driver that does what it takes to get ahead and not back down. 
We have that now with Ross Chastain. I can confidently say that. I'm not comparing him saying he's the next Dale Earnhardt or the next this or that. He's his own driver. But he's exactly what you've been clamoring for. He's a, you know, comes from a long line of watermelon farmers. He worked his way to this point to get in this championship caliber team. He drove around in the back for years for no-name teams in the Cup Series, in the Truck Series, in the Xfinity Series, and slowly clawed his way to where he is now. He has worked and earned where he's at, and he has talent. He's an aggressive driver. He has ruffled some feathers. But when, like the incident with Denny Hamlin at Gateway earlier this year, after that race, Ross said, if Denny pays me back, I deserve it. I've earned that because of how I've raised him. And when Denny ran Ross into the wall at Pocono, ending Ross's day, they asked Ross about it, and Ross kind of shrugged his shoulders and was like, you know, I had it coming. If that was payback, I had it coming. Ross isn't one of those drivers that's, you know, like a Ty Gibbs that's going to go out there and throw a pity party and point fingers and talk about how unfair that move is that Denny did when I've been when he's been racing them the same way. You can't you can't sit there and, and clamor for one thing, and then when it happens in front of you, just be mad because it didn't work for your favorite driver when he tried it. This race, and, and for those of those saying that this required no skill, yeah, y'all y'all are full of it. This was the number one play on the Sports Center top ten. This video has eight million views on Twitter at the moment. Drivers from other series like Simon Pagano, Fernando Alonso, Daniel Ricardo were talking about how amazing a move it was. Even people within our sport like Larry McReynolds, Kevin Harvick, Corey LaJoy, they talked about how epic it was, and we finally had a driver who had the stones to try it and to do it. What takes no skill is running through the driver that's in front of you. Ross floored it, held on to it against the wall, and made it happen without taking another driver for it. If he had just ran through the back of the two cars in front of him, what would your would that be better or would that be worse? I think that'd be worse. I think Ross just thought outside the box, floored it, committed, and got it done. Simple as that. I don't believe we're in danger of seeing, seeing this week in and week out. Not many places this type of move would work. I mean, you look at Carl Edwards back in Kansas. I don't know what year it was, but when he dove underneath Jimmy Johnson, come to the checkered in three and four, went all the way to the wall, he didn't hit the brakes, dove underneath them, shot himself up into the wall, and he lost the race. That move wouldn't work at a track like that. It it was just the perfect storm. You have this new next-gen car, which is supposed to withstand a lot more than the old cars could. Ross Chastain, who is literally a, a give-it-all-he's-got, do-what-it-takes-to-get-to-the-next-level kind of driver. And all he needed was just a couple points. And he, he was in a no-lose situation. It was a perfect storm. Ross went for it, and my hat's off to him because he made it work, and now he's going to race for a championship. And if Ross wins that championship because of that move at Martinsville, his career will be made. As that clip is going to be forever linked to his career, to NASCAR. I mean, that's going to be the clip NASCAR's playing all the time, like you see with the 1979 Daytona 500 with the big fight after the race or Richard Petty's 200th win at the Firecracker 484. That's just going to be one of those clips that will never go away. That is immortal. And I mean, he's now going into this race with all the talk on him and all the momentum his way. Yes. Christopher Bell got, got the race one and that's, uh, it's not to take anything away from him. Christopher Bell accomplished 
quite a feat too. This is the second elimination round that he has faced that he has to go in and win, and he gets it done. He did it. He's going to be someone else you do not need to sleep on come Phoenix. So it was an exciting race, exciting finish. I, I, I enjoyed it, and I look forward to, to seeing how this shakes up with with Phoenix coming up because we have now two drivers going for their first championship, two drivers going for their second. Which one gets it? Who comes to Phoenix with the best setup with this next gen car? You know, it's not going to be like previous years where you, you know what you can do to, to get more ahead of these other drivers. It's going to be interesting how, to see how the race shakes out. But before I get too far ahead of myself looking at Phoenix, I, I did want to give an update on Tyler Reddick. Tyler uh, apparently is dealing with some issues also with a head injury as well. Uh, yesterday, he rear-ended someone at the track at some point. He started to feel pretty bad and noticed something wasn't right. He just simply pulled it into the garage, got out of the car, and went straight to the infield care center. And apparently he hadn't felt right all week after his crash at Homestead last week, reportedly. But he put up a, a statement on social media uh, to give an update. He said, during the restart at the beginning of the stage two, I was involved in a stack up where significant contact occurred to my vehicle. After being evaluated in the infield care center, the medical team came to the conclusion that further evaluation today was the next step to take. They're taking those necessary steps to make sure that I'm 100% before I'm cleared to return racing. He did say he's feeling better and working hard to follow the instructions of the medical team. And this is another concerning deal with this next-gen car. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of injuries with head-on collisions, and Tyler Reddick did have a pretty good collision at Homestead head-on, and... He did mention, I believe, at the uh, Martinsville race when he did make that contact in that stack up, he said his head went flying, you know, kind of moved forward. And when he got hit from behind, it went back to his headrest. And that this looks like to all the signs for another driver out going to be out with a concussion. Nothing official yet. That's just the way it's looking to me. And that that's unfortunate. Tyler's going into his last race with Richard Childress Racing. He's had a heck of a season. Hopefully, he, he's good to go. He's all clear. But uh, the, the main thing is just to be sure he's at 100%. You don't want him getting out there and hurting himself worse. And kind of like Alex Bowman, he's going to be back for this Phoenix race for the season finale. I'm kind of on the fence about him coming back. I, I just wonder, you know, why risk come out and, and the final race of the season. Risk yourself getting hurt again, hurt worse. That could risk your start to the the 2023 season and i mean who knows maybe he's wanting to get in there they're wanting to get him in there in that car to kind of shake off the rust so he's not going so long between time in the seat i'm not sure but hopefully reddick bowman they're both at 100 percent or will be 100 percent if both of them are racing sunday they have a safe race avoid any more contact that that can put them at risk and hopefully no drivers get hurt let's hope we can end this race on a positive note without any more injury news to our cup series drivers so before we get into phoenix and the final four for each series let's point out our spotlight drivers from the past weekend at martinsville on the xfinity series my spotlight driver is blaine perkins he gets his first career top 10 in the Xfinity Series. He was driving the 0-2 car for our motorsports, and this was the first top 10 
for that O2 car since Talladega back in the spring when Brett Moffitt was driving with the car. Uh, there's a lot of questions about what our motorsports will look like next year. It's already been announced Jeb Burton will not be returning to the 27 car. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they'll be coming back next year with Anthony Alfredo in some capacity. I think they spread themselves too thin going three full-time cars, making such a big jump with that. that I could, I think it would be better for them to go back to two full-time cars, Anthony Alfredo, and I don't know who you could put in that, that other one, maybe a, a Brandon Brown or possibly like a Kyle Weatherman or Parker Retzloff. I think any of those three drivers would be good picks to continue to build your, your team up. So, but going on to the Cup Series, my spotlight driver is obviously Ross Chastain. We did have some solid drivers get top 15 finishes like Harrison Burton, Todd Gilliland, Cole Custer. But with Ross Chastain's move at the end, you, you got to put the spotlight on him. He did what needed to be done to get in. Didn't wreck anyone. He found a way around that. And, and that's good for Ross. That, to me, does show growth from what Ross has been earlier this year. And... He's now going for his first championship, and never I never thought he would get this far in the playoffs this season with all the, the drivers he's crossed up with, but he has. He's kept it clean. I think he has mended some fences. I, I think his hard racing with Denny is kind of a show of that. Denny had every opportunity, every chance to take him out, to send a message to Ross, but chose not to. They raced straight up, and I, I'm sure that that they've had many talks leading up through the playoffs, I believe they're at a good spot. Neither driver went over the line. They just had good hard racing. And now with this, he's going to be the most dangerous driver to, at Phoenix for this cup championship. He is the guy who has shown he's willing to put his car wherever he needs to, do what he needs to do to, to get that championship win. But looking at Phoenix, we have all three series wrapping up their seasons. First will be the truck series where their final four is Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, and Ben Rhodes. Uh, for my championship pick for the truck series and all three of these series are, are, are tough to pick a champion. I'm going with Zane Smith just because he has been the best driver all season long in the truck series. Yes. Ty Majeski. It'd be easy to pick him. He's won two out of the last three. He definitely has the momentum on his side. Then you got Chandler Smith, who's been maybe not as consistent as Zane, but been right there with him. had a good solid season again, and then he's getting ready to move the Xfinity series. Then you got Ben Rhodes, who, who may not have the speed of the other three drivers, but he has the the more experience on his side. Him and Zane, they were both in the championship race last year, but Ben Rhodes, he's, he got it done. He got the championship win last season, and he'll be someone to watch. He's kind of the, the veteran of this group, and we'll see if he can get a back-to-back -back championship season for the truck series. Now, on the Xfinity Series side, you got Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, and Ty Gibbs going for the championship here. Like I said, I don't think Ty Gibbs is getting this championship. He's going to have to go through the three junior motorsports cars, and I just think that'll be too much for him. Hopefully, I will not be eating crow this time next week. But for my pick on the Xfinity Series side, I'm going with Noah Gregson. He's been the best out of all three junior motorsports cars. He won at Phoenix earlier this season. I think Allgaier and Barry will give him a good fight. Allgaier's very good at Phoenix. He's had... The, the better career stats of the three drivers. But you also got to look at Josh Berry, finished third there in the spring. So it, it's a toss-up for which junior motorsports driver is going to get, but I just believe Noah Gregson, with the speed he's had this year, the runs he can get on, he, he's going to be the guy to, to beat on Saturday. 
Then on Sunday, we have the big cup championship race with Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, and Ross Chastain. And this was probably the toughest one to pick just because you got Joey Logano, who has the most experience of all the drivers. He's won the championship, albeit at Homestead. And Chase Elliott, who won his first championship just a couple of years ago at Phoenix. Christopher Bell, who's you know shown he can perform in high-pressure situations. And then Ross Chastain, like I said, he's the most dangerous driver out of this group. And it's tough to pick this. I look back at the spring results, and they were kind of all over the place. Ross finished second, Logano eighth, Chase 11th, Bell 26th. You don't want to go off that too much just because you know these, these teams are going to be bringing the best car for each driver that they can. But I feel I'm, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain to win the championship. I just feel like with, with his driving style, the mentality he has, and especially with the the kind of high he's on right now with how he got into this championship race, he's going to be the guy to beat. I think he comes out and, and gets it done. But that's not a given. I mean, like I said, Christopher Bell, he's performed in high-pressure situations this year when he's needed to most. Then you got the two experienced veterans with Chase Elliott and Joey Logano. So it's tough to say. My money is on Ross Chastain, but we'll find out come next Sunday night who's, who's you know holding up the championship trophy. And before we signed off, I wanted to give an exciting update on this show. Uh, earlier this season, if you remember, I was fortunate enough to cover the SRX race at Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola, Florida. Every year they hold probably one of the more prestigious late model races in the country, the Snowball Derby around the beginning of December. I will be able to cover that race. I will be back at Five Flags Speedway getting all the footage I can, talking to all the drivers I can. I'm really excited about this. We have a lot of big names at this race, drivers like Josh Berry, Derek Krause, Ty Majeski, many others, Corey Heim, Chandler Smith, a lot of big names going to be down there trying to get this race win there. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited mainly because it's going to be a lot cooler than it was earlier this year back in the summer. So, Hopefully, I'll be able to stick around a little bit longer, get as much footage as I can to bring to you on my YouTube channel and share across my social media platforms. And if you haven't already, you can go to my Facebook page, 3Wide3. You can go to my Twitter page where my handle is at 3Wide3. And also, the link to my YouTube channel, it will be in the description of this episode. So be sure to click on that. Go hit that subscribe button so you can know right when I put that footage up on YouTube. And that will wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, I thank you for joining me and listening along. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. We will meet back same time next week. We'll go over all the action from Championship Race Weekend. And we will get ready to wrap up the first season of Three Wide. Three Wide.